You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. All right. Welcome to the Big Church, Small Church podcast. Today we have our special guest, Barry Cole. But Barry, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, yeah, just kind of go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me who you are, what you're doing. Well, I, um, I'm known by a variety of different names. Uh, you know, I get called honey by my wife, but I'm known as Dr. Cole to some people. Some people just know me as Barry. Uh, I've been in the ministry since 1966. So that means I'm closing in on uh, milestones or sometimes people say millstones. <laughs> I have been everything from being a, um, a teacher and a principal to an athletic director, coached high school and college basketball for 18 years. In fact, I ended up uh, going to uh, coach women's basketball at St. Francis University in Fort Wayne, Indiana, wow. where yeah. I let the Catholics pay for my Lutheran seminary education. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But since that time, I've pastored a number of churches, but about three years ago, I decided it was probably time to move on to some other ventures. And I wasn't quite sure what that would be, but you know, God is always there, kind of poking and prodding, and uh, doesn't let us out out of this business. So um, I can talk about a number of things I'm involved in. I don't know how much you're interested, but uh, one of the things I've been involved with, for, for example, is Christ for India, and I've been involved with that for uh, boy a long time. I've served as vice president of that group off and on. Uh, currently, today, I'm still president of um, our foundation where we're trying to raise money to help uh, local villages uh, with women and children's uh, care, which then opens the door for our pastors that are planted there. So uh, kind of interesting, India has uh, got more COVID cases almost on anybody else there on lockdown, but we just had um, a virtual banquet, which is kind of fun. Uh, and found out that our offerings this year, in spite of COVID, are up 22%. That's fantastic. Uh, that, that's phenomenal. And uh, so God is uh, really blessing that. And I've just been thankful for being a part of that. Uh, some people may know I'm probably the oldest consultant you still have listed <laughs> on Church Doctor Ministries, although I, I don't do much. Uh, although I probably get a few people who call me from time to time. You may know already that I started a... Um, a missional community about almost two years ago. It came about because I was having coffee uh, with a friend of mine at Hollister Coffee Company, and both of us were going to the same church at that time. And um, we found out that we we're gonna be able to build a brand new building, except it was gonna be another 15 minutes further than from where we lived. It already took me like 20 minutes to get to church. It took him almost 30. And so we said, well, do we wanna drive that far? And we said, well, why don't we do something here at the coffee shop? <laughs> and uh, so we came up with this thing we call it the daily grind, uh, gather, grow, grind, and go. That's our, our theme. And then after that, it was like, we don't want to do church, but we want to do, I could, probably discipleship would be a better example. And we talked to our lead pastor, and he was immediately said, go for it. And then, of course, it mean, we had to put together a team, and um, here I am, a 
quote, retired pastor, although repositioned and refreshed. And my good friend is a, a Marine and he works in logistics. And we thought, well, what else do we need? Well, we need a musician. And we found us a local musician who turns out uh, that he is the nephew of my high school choir director <laughs> way back in high school. And then we thought we need a geek. We need somebody who works in technology. And we yeah. found a absolutely wonderful guy, Anthony. I wish I could share some of the stuff. He does these things called Savior, Savior Silhouettes, where he takes scripture and turns them into some of the most beautiful pieces of artwork. We use them in our worship service. And so we call ourselves the Grind Guys. And the, the way it works is um, I'm the one that left up to coming up with a topic. I hand the topic off to our musician who comes up with a couple of songs. And our technology guy puts it all together. And uh, we meet at the coffee shop. Um, and from there, it just it's a discussion. And generally it lasts about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Of course, during the pandemic, um, we were forced to go online. But all that did was double our population, which I think That's a lot of churches have figured out. So we're um, in person and via Zoom. If I put a plug in for my son, he, my son and his wife are going to be our guests this weekend, uh, live from Grapevine, Texas. And they have a new ministry that they've started called Songs and Smiles songsandsmiles.com, and it's a ministry aimed at helping people communicate better with people who have dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, he had gone, uh, they'd gone through losing uh, Cheryl's mother, and uh, they're not out trying to raise money to eliminate Alzheimer's, that's another whole group, but just to help churches and people better deal with uh, people who have memory care issues. Yeah. That's kind of a neat thing. The grind has been uh, really kind of interesting. Uh, in some respects, we haven't quite reached as many people as we like. We've kind of found our niche and it continues to grow. That's, you want me to go on with other things I'm doing? No, no, yeah, that sounds good. Did you, I just had a question about the grind. So did you, during COVID, do you still go to the coffee shop and film or have you been doing that from your house or what's, how has that set up been different um, in terms of, I know people are on are watching online and that's amazing that you've uh, kind of expanded your viewership. Um, yeah. What is the, what's your filming been like and, and do you guys have any plans of, is there any progress in terms of trying to get back to the coffee shop or is it still too soon to? Well, uh, the interesting thing is uh, Branson and Hollister are like, almost twin cities. You can't tell where one ends and the other one uh, begins. And Branson is a masking community. Hollister is, no, we're not. <laughs> and so um, meeting at Hollister Coffee Company in Hollister, Missouri, we were meeting uh, in person. And we weren't really doing much. Well, we thought maybe we should add Zoom just in case people feel uncomfortable. Uh, but about um, five or six weeks ago, uh, Stone County, which is where our new building, church building is located, said we'd appreciate it if you guys would shut down for about four or five weeks uh, because we had some big outbreaks of COVID. And, and so it was suggested that we do the same with uh, the grind. And so for about four or five weeks, we did it all virtual. So I'd be sitting here and the Husker man cave 
at home and all the other guys were there. So it, it was just one big virtual grind. But we happened to get together uh, on our little grind guys Zoom or grind guys uh, text message one day. And somebody said, you know, doesn't iron sharpen iron? And I said, yeah, that's in the Bible. He says, but doesn't the iron have to be together with other iron for that to happen? <laughs> and so we said, oh, the heck with it. The grind guys are going back to the coffee shop. <laughs> so we headed back to the coffee shop. We've been back for about three or four weeks. We have a great deal going with the owner. He's a young Christian man who opened the coffee shop and he gives us a key. Uh, we, we come and go, we lock it up, we close it up, but uh, it's, it's been a great experience. So now we're, we're in both places. And that's how we managed to reach some uh, people that we uh, probably would not have reached any other way. But I think a lot of people, if they've been thinking about it, I mean, you're probably more privy to some information than I am. Uh, knowing that what your dad knows and what you probably know because of that and all these other things. Um, churches have probably reached more people in a way than they were when they were open. Uh, you go back to the Easter, ser Easter services and, and other things like that, man, people are just, it's off the charts of what's happening. Of yeah. course, what that's going to do in the future, we all have our opinions, but uh, the grind has been a, been a blessing to people. So I've been happy to do that. Uh, one other big venture, I've been teaching down at Angola Prison in um, oh, yeah. Louisiana for 22 years now. And I would try to get down there two or three, four times a year. And um, <clears throat> I was kind of uh, just teaching Bible class, enjoying it. And what we found is because New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary is there, they started a Bible college and a seminary. And so I was kind of graduating guys out of my Bible class into Bible college. And then they suddenly got into the seminary. And when they got out of the seminary and became pastors, <clears throat> they show up back again in my classes for continuing education. So it's kind of like a continuous stream of, of guys. Um, about seven or eight years ago, I added a, uh, a teaching partner, a young gal that I'd met in my very first church. And she was a recently soon to retire superintendent of schools. So she asked me because we'd been in crossways together for many years, whether she could go down there. And there's a whole backstory in that I won't get into. But so she's been with me about seven or eight years. And we discovered that what we should do is work towards our strengths. And uh, some people find this kind of interesting. We'll go back, we finish just, just finished teaching Philippians. She does all the exegetical work. And when she takes it through chapter one, going through the exegetical stuff, then I take it and turn it into practical stuff. How would you preach this? How would you teach this? What can we learn from this chapter? Yeah. Now, that takes us up to almost six months ago when COVID hits. Uh, when COVID hits, uh, by the way, we're working in two prisons down there, Hunt and Angola. Uh, not only are these guys locked up, but suddenly they're locked in. They lock them up in their dormitories, cram a few extra people in there. Uh, they can't leave. They can't get outside. They can't go to the chapels and stuff for their church services and everything. And so we began talking about what can we do for people who are even worse off than the other people who live outside the, the wire. 
I mean, you, I mean, you, you don't live inside of a prison in, where you live in Indiana, so you have access to other stuff. And we kind of wondered about that, and we thought, well, hold it. I, I communicate with probably about, well, somewhere between 30 to 40 inmates through this system called JPay. And I thought, let's start writing words of encouragement. And so starting in, well, when this all started back in about March, I have written now probably 50 words of encouragement. And these 50 plus, they're all about a page, a page and a half. And what I do is I, I email them out to guys that are in prison who are, have some leadership positions within the Christian community. And it's basically changed some of the stuff that's happened down in prison. Now, I'm going to have to tell you, they were afflicted with the same problem that the church outside the wire has. And, uh, and that's it. A lot of people are more interested in getting back into their church, right. doing what they're supposed to be doing, getting out of the church, uh, to use uh, a book title that your dad wrote many years ago. Your church has windows. <laughs> Don't just stare at the stained glass. Look out. What's outside your windows? And so about the third message, I started getting replies back from these guys. Thanks, but we can't get in our churches. We can't get down. We can't do all this kind of stuff. And so I, I wrote what turned out to be, um, after I sent it, I thought, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. A word of discouragement. I wrote it and I told them, shame on you guys. If you can't figure out in your dormitories how to do worship, if you can't figure out how to do small groups, if you can't figure out how to do prayer time, shame on you because you're missing the opportunity. You've got security officers coming in, checking on you, taking your temperature every day. If you can't help somehow minister, well, the first reply I got back from one guy was, wow, doc, right between the eyes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it changed things. And all of a sudden, guess what? We are worshiping now. We do have small groups. And everything began to change. And it got down to the point where one guy said, I work in the prison radio station. He said, would you mind if I took these words of encouragement, record them, and then put them on the digital loop so that they play like every four hours? Everybody can hear them. I said, sure. And so those messages are now getting out in this prison. Now, Angola is... 18,000 acres, 6,200 inmates wow. spread on this big farm, main prison, Camp C, D, F, J. So beyond these 30 or 40 guys who are getting these messages, once a week they pick 10 of the inmate pastors, allow them to go to a place to record a sermon that will play over the prison. And so this has just been amazing. But for 22 years, I've been a teacher, a friend. I mean, I've got lots of friends down there. Cheryl, who's my teaching partners, develop a real friendship. Uh, we've become encouragers to them. But what's happening is because the Bible college and the seminary are closed, guess who's become the Bible college? Me. Guess who's become a seminary professor? Me. Who has become their researcher? And so in addition to these 50 or so, 50 plus words of encouragement, I've written papers on all kinds of different things to encourage them. So interesting thing that we probably would not do without COVID because 
without COVID, you know, I was just sending letters back and forth. Guys would write me my birthday greeting. It was just kind of general stuff. But it's opened up a whole new avenue of ministry. Uh, every time we send one, uh, I send it to the war chaplains, just so they know that I'm not sending some sort of weird stuff down there. <laughs> That's great. And so it's even getting out to the wardens meeting. So it's, it's been a blessing that way. It's just an interesting thing that's come out of this whole thing. And it's just been, um, it's been a blessing to me, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Cheryl took a part-time teaching position to teach religion at uh, Lutheran and Belvedere, which is where I'd met her, I don't know, 35, 36 years ago. That she had to do devotions. I get replies back from the guys who would say, Wow, Miss Sherry, it's way better than the stuff Doc does. <laughs> ha ha, no offense. Now we're just kind of waiting to get back in. We don't know. It's probably going to be next year before we do some stuff. That's cool. I mean, but you I, want to talk about churches too? <laughs> I just thought, yeah, I just I think that's a good word of encouragement because I think with every uh, every challenge, there's great opportunity in how God works, how God moves us outside of yeah. our, comfort, our comfort zone. And he accomplishes way more than what we thought was uh, possible, even in amongst those uh, those challenges. So I love to hear the stories of how God moves. Even though we can't do what we think we need to do, God directs us in another way and, and shows up in a, in a big way, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, and I, I still do, you know, thanks to your dad. I still remember meeting your dad um, many, many years ago. I'd gone back to a theological symposium. At, I remember sitting in the chapel, or not the chapel, that's another area there that they had meet here. I had no idea who Ken Hunter but they were talking about him like he was a demon. And then I looked at him, I thought, that guy doesn't seem very scary to me. Well, lo and behold, I had a banquet table for him that night, and I thought, man, this guy doesn't believe anything I don't believe. Uh, so that, that began a, a friendship with him, and I, I just... That I've learned about churches from him, you know, going out on consultations. And one thing that's done for me is made me continue to watch her. Now, I don't do that full time like you do or like other people at, at Church Doctor Ministries. You know, and I read uh, Barner reported a month ago that one in five churches may never reopen after this. Yeah. Intrigued, why is this? Why is this? Well, then I end a meeting of um, about 20 pastors, particular silo, <laughs> and, it, and it suddenly it became somewhat clear to me that there are some pastors who are only interested in getting their people back in a building. That little group, because they miss each other, they've got to hunker down, and it's a whole down when you're all together and I'm sitting there thinking our focus during this whole time is how can we still reach people as we do our live services now um, they're live streamed in Facebook Messenger or Facebook uh, you can get them on Zoom you can them uh, our reach for a small church we were church we were probably about 90 to 100 people we reach hundreds of people every week. That's awesome. And uh, and uh, all of our Bible classes, in fact, I was at a Bible class this morning at 7. We were back in the church building 
Uh, so we had about 15, 16 people, half, half online. Uh, this Sunday, I actually get to preach and teach. It uh, be my first time preaching there in these new. You have to stand in one place so the camera can see you. <laughs> you can't wander around and stuff like that. Uh, teaching a Bible class that will be some people in person, some people. But this all comes back to, you know, are you going to uh, outreach, uh, mission, discipleship, or are you just going to hope you you could make it? Yeah. And uh, I go back to three I've used for a long time. I uh, when my daughter-in-law's father died, we were talking about what do you want on your tombstone? And my joke was, and only people who live in Illinois and Wisconsin would understand it. I said, mushrooms, uh, because that's a tombstone pizza company up in, in that area. Of course, yeah. And then I thought about it when my kids said, well, I know what we're going to do. We're going to put on their dad, still crazy after all. But no, I, I don't need that. So I, I thought of three words, and it's vision, mission, and passion. And I've kind of flesh out and see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion. So that's my, that's where I come from. I want to see the vision of the future. Because it's all there. Hmm. Uh, the past, where you've been, where, where can you go? And where's God lead? Uh, and the mission, big go mission. It's a, it's a co-mission. It's never an O mission. There's always people to reach. I mean, even in Taney County, where I live, we're more than 50% urged. There are plenty of people around, if you're willing to go find them. And then just the passion, the passion to do that. Uh, and that's just being fired by the, by the Holy Spirit. You get all charged up about it. Um, so it, it grieves me when I talk to pastors who are, well, they're, they're, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, oh, we just don't have anybody coming to our church. Well, have you ever talked to anybody in your neighborhood? Well, no. <laughs> you ever invite anybody? Well, no. <laughs> they wouldn't want to come. <laughs> and my question is, why not? Um, but, but we need to, you know, have those missionary eyes. We need to, like I say, your church has windows. Look outside, see who's there. Yeah. Uh, be in the community. I go down to a coffee shop, an Hollister Coffee Company. I'm down there at eight o'clock virtually every morning. And I sit and I listen to the conversation. And if there's a conversation that I feel like I can get into without being like, hold, I'm a pastor because I come over and talk to you. <laughs> I will find a way to get in there. And maybe through that, I can make a contact. Uh, this is where I've met some of the local musicians. I've met other pastors. I've met guys who, quite honestly, didn't want to give me the time of the day. They gave me the time of the day initially until they found out who I was. That's always going to happen. But it doesn't stop you from doing it. And then, on top of that, what's going on in the world, I'm going to put a plug in for a pretty good book here. Hey, there <laughs> it is. I'm going to put a plug in for that book. Because we get caught up in this Facebook world, the Twitter world, the Instagram world with the anger. In fact, the, the word of encouragement I just finished writing early this morning was called Responding to Fear, Worry, and Anxiety. Or how, and then another one was how to deal with, I, don't know, I think it's another one was uh, having to do with how do you respond to the anger in this world? And uh, we can't continue to throw stuff on the fire when the fire is already burning. 
uh, Facebook too often, and I'm on it pretty regular. I have to resist the urge when I read something really stupid and pile <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, I try to be more positive. Um, I kind of called out a bunch of Christians the other day. Are we not better than this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I have to say. You have the best jokes that I've seen on Facebook. Your memes <laughs> and everything else you post, you're, it's hilarious. Some of the, I, I love the stuff that you post. Yeah, well, it gives me something to do. Like I say, it keeps me off the streets and out of the bingo halls. <laughs> but it just is, um, you know, life is too, too valuable to waste it. And... Uh, you know, I think about the churches I've pastored, <clears throat> and um, each of them has been different. I mean, they're, they're different people, but um, I have found in, in being a leader of sorts that if you chart a vision and preach to that vision and teach to that vision, the people will follow. Hmm. Um, you know, I think of the I pastored Lord of Life Church in La Fox for a long time, 13 years. And we used to end our church services the same way. We would get together all across the place. There's like four or 500 people at the service, join hands and we would say, um, we are Lord of Life Church, or we are Lord of Life, a disciple making church with a heart for the lost. And together we will do God's work, God's way, and we will trust in his supply in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we would do that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And that changed the hearts of people in that church to where our congregation, even though we were Missouri Synod Lutheran, about a third of them were Lutheran. The other third we found out were from, you name it. Mm. And we had a large portion of Catholics who showed up at our church because they felt forgiven for the first time in their life. Wow. We wow. even had a Mormon family show up because they heard we were very family oriented, didn't even know we were Lutheran, who, who ended up joining. And somebody even brought a young Buddhist girl who became enamored with it all, I ended up baptizing her. Wow. But we had this big wall of, it was our mission board. And uh, we started out just with a challenge in terms of missions of saying, you know, if we, if we expect people to tithe, shouldn't the church? Hmm. And so we just made a public announcement that 10% of every dollar, no matter how it comes into this building, is gonna leave to go elsewhere. And so by the time I went, left there, we were probably up to, I don't know, 25, 3% of our, we were just sending, you know, building churches in India, um, helping other missionaries, um, funding the mission. And so those are, those are just neat challenges. I don't know if you can see a picture way behind me. It's a picture of Elijah, the chariots of fire. Oh yeah, I can make it out a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and he's up and, and he's dropping the thing behind. There's a, a large one, about 10 by 12, that hangs in death row at Angola Prison. And so I asked the artist to give me one of these. And it's because I said, when I go out, I want to go out like Elijah. Hmm. I don't want to get, I've often said, I'd rather, I'd rather die on the mission field than, than get run over by a car in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I hope that I can leave somebody behind like Eli, Elisha. Yeah. Uh, but when it's time for me to go, just take me out of here. I'm ready. So what else do you want to know? No, I, that we, we are, um, we've got a, just a few minutes left. Um, 
two, three minutes left. And uh, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing. I think uh, there's just so much, so much that you're involved in. And uh, you didn't say it at the, the be you didn't say it at the beginning of the recording, but just before I started recording, you said that, you know, there's no retirement in the kingdom or something like that. And just really yeah, you don't retire, you refresh and you reposition and refresh. Reposition. Always a new venture. Always, always a new adventure. Yeah. Is there anything that just uh, as we close, anything that comes to mind, any um, just advice or uh, for churches out there, um, any, any words of wisdom for them just to, uh, to get stuck in mission if they don't know what they're doing or feel uncomfortable, anything that um, you could encourage them by? Yeah, contact Church Doctor Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it to change things i don't know i the, the one thing and this i don't want this to sound harsh or anything but um I, i'm not a i'm not a person who does pericopal preaching and i think exegetical teaching of god's word is really if you just just preach the word and you're going to be preaching these things that are necessary to people uh we're in an interesting uh series i get to in part three, but we're doing a series on Hosea. Uh, go marry a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, don't marry a prostitute. <laughs> and I, I've got part three this weekend, which is, uh, oh, by the way, go get her and bring her back home. Well, you have all kinds of ways then to apply that to how we have prostituted ourselves to this world, but God still comes and wants to bring us back in the family. Amen. I'm just down, I, I, I tell most pastors, it, if I could change anything, I would have started doing exegetical preaching when I first came out and just take them through the word, in the word, in the word, and then teach them to make connections in the word. You know, that skinny little column in your middle of the Bible, those little letters you can't read, there's the harvest. Read the scriptures if you don't understand it. Don't go down and read somebody else's thoughts at the bottom of the page, what he thinks about it. Look in the middle column and see where those verses that you don't understand will take you. It'll be an adventure. Hmm. It's connections to the biblical narrative. It's all there. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Thanks for uh, your time. And uh, yeah, it's a really encouraging word of all that you're doing from prison to the grind to, uh, yeah. you know, to everything that, you, that you're involved in and, and your mission in India. You're, yep. so, uh, you're so involved in, in so many different parts of mission. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for serving God in this kingdom. And, and thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom uh, today. Yeah, thanks. And say hello to your mom and dad for me. I miss seeing them. Awesome. Will do. Well, take care. Okay. Thanks, thanks for your okay. time. God bless. Thanks, Barry. God bless.
Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at j-o-n-h-u-n-t-e-r at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms. 